Welcome to the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. All the information you need to make the most of your fantasy football league with just a touch of sarcasm to keep you from taking yourself too seriously. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this latest episode of the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Saturday, December 15th. We are in week 15 of the NFL season, and we are also in most fantasy seasons, the semifinals of the playoffs. This is the penultimate week as to when championships are won and championships are lost. I don't know how you're doing in your league, but I know in the CFFL, I'm out, Dan's out, and in the podcast Dynasty League, Dan and I have both been out. We didn't even make the playoffs. And in my work league, I'm playing in the semifinals this week. So there, there's one chance for me to redeem myself and win a championship. Other than that, though, I'm just here to give you information for whatever good that's going to do, considering how I did my leagues this year. But I have the information anyway. Check out the website, mycffl.com, mycffl.com. Everything I talk about today, the news, the notes, um, the fantasy girl, uh, the bets, um, the must-starts and don't-bothers, that'll all be up there on, on, on the webpage, mycffl.com. If you didn't realize yet, Dan's not here again today. He is off doing family stuff, so it's it's just me, which means it's going to be a little bit shorter of a podcast for you, which some people are driving around in their car or listening at home thinking, that's great. Less for me to listen to, less time for me to to invest into this podcast. But for the rest of you, you're thinking, I need Dan. I need, I need some information. I need to know the measurements before they are out there for the fantasy girl so he can guess them, ring the bell, and all that kind of stuff. Um, other things, you got questions, comments, concerns, email us, cffpodcast at hotmail.com. Or if you want to email Dan, you can get him at strap1971 at yahoo.com. Also, we have our fan line. Your chance to call in, leave a message, we'll play it on the podcast, 414-520-8249. You can leave a message, you can leave a text at that same thing, we'll read it to you, read it for you on the air, otherwise uh, leave a message. Um, you want to be on Beat the Host. We don't have a, a, a contestant this week, so all you're going to get is is must-starts and don't-bothers from me for your, your uh, semifinal weekend. However, if you want to play... There's still, what, two weeks left after this. Uh, send us a message, leave us a note, send us an email, let us know. we got all kinds of prizes to give away, and we're giving them away, win or lose. So take a chance, be on, on the show, and pick a, pick a fantasy team against Dan and me. That's it for now. Um, let's get to the news, shall we? The injuries in the NFL just continue to pile up, and it is wreaking havoc on a lot of teams out there. They're winning and they're losing. They have been winning throughout the year, but now that these players are getting hurt, their 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 season is done. 
Let's start with this one. Matt Breida from the San Francisco 49ers. He's been injured most of the season and has been playing hurt. Um, his sore ankle been reevaluated by medical staff, and his MRI came back negative. 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 What am I doing? Give me a beer or something. His MRI came back negative. Breida, however, is still listed as out this week. So uh, find a, a substitute for him if you can. Next, Pierre Garçon. He is going to undergo surgery on his knee. And then, of course, after that, he'll be placed on the injured reserve list. He is signed with the 49ers through the 2021 season. However, I'm thinking this is probably going to be his last season with the team. I can't see the 49ers uh, spending another $5.6 million on a guy with a truly bad knee, especially considering the emergence of the young guns like Marquise Goodwin and, and Dante Pettis. Uh, I think you may have just seen the last game in San Francisco for Pierre Garçon. Despite injuring his foot in the last week's game, it looks as though Sam Darnold is not in danger of missing his game this weekend, according to head coach for the Jets, Tom Bowles. Todd Bowles. Man, I'm just all over it today. Todd Bowles. Uh, he said that uh, Sam Darnold is likely to play. They don't have much of a choice. They have that backup they have there, not good. Just telling you that right now. He's not good. Uh, Josh Doxson, he was placed on the in the league's concussion protocol on Monday. That's not good news for the Redskins, who have seen their team go from good to horrible in the last couple weeks. They lost two quarterbacks, their third one. Mark Sanchez played horribly, so horribly that they benched him to bring in a guy they had just signed. Um, Doxon is coming off a four-catch, 84-yard performance last week against the Giants, and it looks like he's probably not going to play. I don't know what he's listed as right now, but the last time I looked, he was still in concussion protocol. And speaking of bad news for the Redskins, uh, this is the injury everybody, including me, was expecting since the beginning of the season. The only downfall for for all that is that you had to listen to me say this is the week when it happens, week after week after week, um, and now it finally did. Jordan Reed, tight end for the Washington Redskins, done for the year after reportedly suffering a sprained foot. Reports are varied regarding the severity of the injury, but it does look like he's done for this year. No more Jordan Reed, and it only took... What, 15 weeks? 15 weeks for it to happen. And in the crazy move of the year, this is a story Wayne's going to love, Baltimore Ravens have announced that they will be benching their $23 million a year quarterback in favor of a guy who is incapable of completing more than 50% of his passes. It almost makes one wonder if the Ravens are trying to throw the rest of the season. Hell, Lamar Jackson's arm is so weak that he missed the final two plays of the game last week when the Ravens needed to throw long passes down the field. They brought in the old man, Robert Griffin III. And, and trust me on this. I know you're going to be saying, but Dave, he got tackled hard while he was trying to run again, and he got on a sprained ankle. The sprained ankle is just an excuse. L Lamar Jackson is not the franchise quarterback everybody's wanting to believe he is. Think Donovan McNabb. Think Colin Kaepernick. Think Michael Vick. They are not franchise quarterback. 
never will be. They have one or two really good seasons. They got an arm that dazzles, well, except for Lamar Jackson. Uh, they have an arm that dazzles. Uh, think Jameis Winston. Think Cam Newton. More guys, not franchise quarterbacks. That's Lamar Jackson. You'll get a couple good experiences out of him. Your legs will tingle when you watch him a couple times. Other than that, worthless. Next up, LaShawn McCoy is considered day-to-day with his injured hamstring. He underwent an MRI on Monday. Reports are that he will likely play this week, but, you know, the re- you listen to one person, they say, yeah, he's going to play. You listen to another one, it's like, no, he's going to be out. Uh, the hamstring's pretty bad, blah, blah, blah. Check out your, your injury reports up until game time. Uh, see if you're going to want to play him. And speaking of MRIs, Eagles running back Corey Clement also underwent an MRI on Monday on his injured knee. After the MRI, the Eagles have placed Corey Clement on the IR. Reports are that he is not even a lock next year to make the 53-man roster for the Eagles. And more Eagles people on IR, Carson Wentz. Looks like he has played his last game of the year. Wentz suffered a fractured back uh, after his CT scans were were reviewed this week. Um, They are listing, this is the tricky thing, they're listing him on the injury report as questionable, but he's done for the year. You get Nick Foles again. So if they're going to win another Super Bowl, it ain't going to be Carson Wentz leading the team. It's going to be Nick Foles. So uh, you might want to pack up your hopes and dreams for the Eagles, they're done. Um, As fast as they brought him in, the Oakland Raiders have released running back C.J. Anderson. He's gone. That means Jalen Richard and whoever the other guy is there. Another week, another game without James Conner. The Steelers running back will sit again this week with his lingering ankle injury. Expect Jalen Samuels to get most of the action this week for the Steelers. And if missing your entire rookie season isn't bad enough, more bad news for the Redskins. Redskins running back Darius Geis has reportedly been suffering with infections in his surgically repaired knee that required three additional procedures following his August, uh, his original surgery in August. The infections are reportedly no longer bothering him, and he still expects to be ready for OTAs this summer. But that is not good. That is the same thing that happened with Alex Smith. Although Alex Smith's injury was a little more gruesome and a lot more problems involved in fixing that. Like I said before, Alex Smith is probably done. He is, you've seen him probably play his last game of his career also. Finally, word out of Tampa Bay is that the Bucs quarterback for now, Jameis Winston, is apparently fighting for head coach Dirk Cutter's return in 2019. Uh, Newsflash for James James Winston. Don't you think you should be spending a little more time fighting for your own return to the Bucs for next year? I don't, I don't see any situation in which Winston will be returning to Tampa next year, unless, of course, it's for a vacation. I see Tampa releasing Winston in order to save money on their salary cap and to get rid of a guy who has been barely successful after being the number one overall pick in the draft a couple of years ago. That's the news and notes.
It's time. We're going to go right into the must-starts and don't-bothers for your semifinal uh, playoff week in fantasy football. As usual, this is usually coincides with beat the hosts, but we don't have a contested this week, and Dan's out, so we're just going to do the must-starts and don't-bothers. And as usual, um, the obvious guys are always obvious. Get them in your lineup. That means you're not going to hear me talking about Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to hear me talking about Patrick Mahomes, even though he already played. I probably won't be talking about Tom Brady, even though he's not the solid lock that he used to be. But um, I will be talking about some guys that uh, um, you, you wouldn't normally be thinking of, except for, of course, the first guy, Jared Goff against Philadelphia. I have him listed as a must-start, and you might think that you want to consider benching Goff after the last couple of weeks of extremely below average production. However, you're going to want him in your lineup this weekend, not because he's J- Jared Goff, not because he's for the Rams who have this high-powered offense that they are now calling um, the greatest show on surf. Horrible. But uh, you, you you want him in your, league, in your lineup this week if you have him and you made it through your playoffs last week with his horrible performance. Uh, the Eagles' defense has allowed quarterbacks playing at home to record a 107 quarterback rating, and they have given up the third most fantasy points to those quarterbacks. Jared Goff should be in your lineup. Also, I like Andrew Luck this week against Dallas. Yeah, I know. I cannot believe I'm still calling Luck a must-start this late into the season either. I thought for sure that by now he would be on the sidelines nursing his bad shoulder. However, the Dallas defense is giving up 18 fantasy points to quarterbacks when the defense is playing on the road. The quarterback, the uh, the Dallas Cowboy defense has been a mirage of excellence over the year. People watch their games and they think that the defense is playing very well. They're actually not. They're not as good as you think they should be when you're watching them. Add to that the fact that Luck has averaged over 25 fantasy points in his last five home games. And Luck is a big-time must-start this week, especially, like I said, against that Dallas defense. I also like Josh Allen. Josh Allen, I'm telling you right now, is going to light it up this weekend against Detroit. He is better than what you think. Um, Not yet a franchise guy, although he is Buffalo's franchise guy. He is not the franchise guy that you want to count on every week. I'm telling you right now this week, if if you're in there and your other quarterback is, say, maybe a Joe Flacco or something like that, um, Josh Allen is your man, especially considering Flacco's not playing because of some stupid decisions in Baltimore. I also like Tom Brady this weekend. Yeah, I know, I know, against Pittsburgh. Tom Brady, um, following a loss, when they are favored by three points or less, is 20-2 and two against the spread. Tom Brady is as much of a solid must-start this weekend as you can get against Pittsburgh. He also tears Pittsburgh apart. Get him in your lineup. As far as don't bothers, like I said, Jameis Winston against Baltimore. Let's face it, the Winston appeal has fallen flat on its face in Florida. He isn't long for the city or the team. This week he faces off against the Ravens' defense, which is only allowing quarterbacks to record a minute 77 passer rating. And they've only given up seven touchdown passes on their home field. Winston 
is probably going to get destroyed this weekend. I don't see him having a good game at all. I also want you to keep on your bench Matthew Stafford against Buffalo. Uh, here's here's another I, a guy I can't figure out. I don't know how he remains employed in the NFL. He has been unable to score more than 16 fantasy points in any of his last six games while only throwing for four touchdowns to go along with five interceptions. I also don't like Ryan Tannehill against the Vikings. Uh, throw out last week's aberration. Ryan Tannehill, not a good matchup this weekend. And also throw out the... the the wonderfulness you saw from Eli Manning last week. Terrible start this week against Tennessee. Um, again, o- OBJ is uh, not playing this week. You don't want to take a chance with Eli Manning. Running back must starts. Sideshow Bob, everybody. Philip Lindsay versus Cleveland. He's been outstanding this year for an undrafted rookie. He's been seeing 57% of the snaps for Denver. He has pretty much made Royce Freeman the second stringer, Royce Freeman, the first-round draft pick. Or not first-round draft pick. Royce Freeman, the guy who was drafted that should have been number one running back in Denver with a little bit of injuries and and also the the uh, appearance of Philip Lindsay has been relegated to second string. This week, Philip is going up against the Browns, who are allowing about five yards per rush, and they're giving up the sixth most fantasy points to running backs. I also like Derrick Henry against the Giants. And no, before you say it, I am not just chasing the amazing performance from last week. That was a fluke. In fact, I can pretty much guarantee you that he will not do that again this week. But he is playing the Giants, who have given up 10 rushing touchdowns and the eighth most fantasy points to running backs this year. Derrick Henry is going to get every opportunity to be the man in Tennessee and you want him on your on your starting lineup. I also like Nick Chubb versus Denver, and I like Jalen Samuels against the Patriots. As far as don't bothers, Sony Michelle versus Pittsburgh. We are at that time of year when the Patriots keep everyone guessing as to what is going on with their team. James White has seen his snap count go down um, tremendously, while some other unknown guy is now taking away t- touchdown carries from Sony Michelle. I don't even put Michelle in my lineup this week as he goes against a Steeler defense that is only allowing about four yards per carry to running backs. Also on your bench this week should be Kenyon Drake versus Minnesota. He's another guy you shouldn't be chasing points on after last week. He is obviously going to be splitting snaps with Frank Gore, and going against a Viking defense has been tough on runners all season long this year. I also don't like LeGarrette Blunt against Buffalo, or Jordan Howard against Green Bay. Wide receivers. Must starts for you this week. Again, two more. Brandon Cooks versus Philadelphia. Cooks has been amazing matchup this he's He's got an amazing matchup this week against the Eagles. Philly has more yards than any team in the NFL to receivers that they have given up, along with 11 touchdowns to receivers lined up out wide. Brandon Cooks is going to be a monster this weekend. Tyler Lockett also versus San Francisco. I know he didn't have a great stat line last week, but don't let that dissuade you, though. He goes against a 49ers defense that has given up 20 touchdowns and the eighth most fantasy points to receivers this year. I also like Jarvis Landry against the Broncos. 
I think him and Baker Mayfield have a little chemistry that's amazing, and uh, he's going to light up the scoreboard for you this week also. I also like Dante Pettis against Seattle. Again, Pierre Garçon done. Uh, Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin, your two young guys that are going to be seeing a lot of action for the 49ers. As far as don't bothers, Allen Robinson versus Green Bay. Now, you might like this matchup on paper if you didn't realize that Robinson is having a tough go of it, even against questionable defensive backfields. Be careful with Allen Robinson this week, especially after how terrible Trubisky looked last week. Calvin Ridley versus Arizona. Calvin was virtually invisible last week. I know this because he's on a couple of my teams. I wouldn't expect much out of him again this week when he faces off against the Cardinals. However, you're going to get a little more action than you did from him last week because Julio Jones is is a little shaky right now. He's got a little um, ankle or something wrong with his foot right now, and uh, he hasn't been practicing. Uh, the Cardinals, however, something against Calvin Ridley for you. The Cardinals have only allowed five touchdowns and the fourth fewest fantasy points to receivers lined up out wide. I also think you should be sitting this week Corey Davis versus the Giants and Larry Fitzgerald versus the Falcons. As far as tight ends, your must-starts, really easy this week. I got one for you. Actually, I got three for you. David Joku against Denver. If you can make yourself do it, just ignore Joku's performance the last couple of weeks. You need to understand that the tight end position in Cleveland is very thin, and there isn't much of an option other than David Joku. So he's going to get his share of targets. Plus, the Broncos have given up six touchdowns and the six most fantasy points to tight ends so far this year. I also like Austin Hooper against Arizona and Jimmy Graham, the hands of stone, against Chicago. As far as don't bother, there's another three for you. Trey Burton versus Green Bay. Remember my thought about how horrible Trubisky was last week? Well, I wouldn't be expecting much out of Trey Burton this week either. For as bad as the Packers' defense has looked this year, tight ends are only responsible for one touchdown as well as the third fewest fantasy points to the position. I also don't like Kyle Rudolph versus Miami or Evan Ingram versus Tennessee. And that's it for our must-starts and don't-bothers this week. Again, use them at your own discretion. I, of course, I'm out. I'm out of two leagues, and I'm in the semifinals of one, so take that information as you will. But there it is. It's time to go into the casino, everyone. Time for some gambling. Ace Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. I got to warn you, Clark. They don't play the same games here as they do at them regular casinos. And, well, it happened again last week. I uh, I learned two things that I'm going to be using going forward in this segment of betting for, and sports investing for you out there. Again, you want to check out our bets this week. Uh, nothing from Dan this week. He's uh, busy with family stuff. So you just have my bets. And uh, after last week, you may not want to look at those, but I've, I've changed my way of doing things. Last week, we did it again. We talked about a guy on the radio a, a so-called professional who is bragging about his 5-6-2 and two, or his 6-5-2 and two record in, in, in calling games. 
and uh, we kind of made fun of him. And as as always happens, that's called uh, poking the gods in the eyes, and it, it usually backfires on you. So I'm done doing that. I am also done busting my butt looking for deep information as to why I'm making the picks I am. So this week, I'm going with my common sense. I'm going with my gut. I got some picks for you and just basic information as to why because it works for Dan. I'm, I'm going to try it, and I'm not going to bore you with all the, the statistics about on the road and home games and, and this and that and when the weather's below 40 degrees. And we got games. These are the games I think are the easiest ones to pick and, and uh, some some basic information for you is why. First off, Houston Texans minus 6.5 against the Jets. The Jets are reeling. Sam Darnold is back at quarterback, but as you heard in the news, they're not quite sure if he's completely healed yet, but they got to play him because what else do they have? I like the Houston Texans minus a six and a half. I think uh, Deshaun Watson, um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, should light it up against the, the, the Jets. The Jets have kind of given up and, and they're done, so... Give me the Texans and the six and a half points. Uh, I'll give you those points. The Green Bay Packers plus six against Chicago. I know the the Bears defense is amazing. They're playing in Chicago. Oh my gosh, Trubisky, this, that, Tariq Cohen, the joystick, blah, blah, blah. Here's the facts. Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable against the, the Chicago Bears, especially in Chicago. I'm going to tell you right now, the Packers are going to win this game outright. They have to for their super slim hopes at the playoffs that they still have somehow. Um, the Packers are going to win this game outright. That six points is just a little Christmas gift for you. Take the Packers. Take Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, you gotta, You got to win there. Next game, Tennessee Titans versus the New York Giants. Ignore what happened with the Giants last week. That was an aberration. It was also against a Washington team, which is horrible. Give me the Titans and the two and a half points that they are underdogs with. Two and a half points and the Titans. Uh, Marcus Mariota, better quarterback right now than Eli Manning. Marcus Mariota more weapons right now than Eli Manning, other than Saquon Barkley and, you know, Saquon can't do everything. I'm taking the Titans and the two and a half points. Tampa Bay versus Baltimore. I know in the must-starts and don't-bothers, I said that uh, Baltimore is going to uh, play well. They're probably going to win this game, but I am taking Tampa Bay plus the eight points. I'm not telling you Tampa Bay is going to win, I'm just telling you, Baltimore is incapable of winning this game by more than eight points. They don't have a quarterback that can lead a team down the field. He he gets hit once, and that ankle is going to be hurting again, and we're going to be seeing Joe Flacco, the $23 million backup quarterback in the game. Give me Tampa Bay and the eight points. Atlanta Falcons, minus nine versus Arizona. This game... Should be over by halftime. Atlanta, so powerful on offense. Arizona's defense, although, you know, 
they show signs of life. They're not that great. Uh, Atlanta should be able to take care of this, especially considering it's in Atlanta. Give me the home team. Give me Atlanta. I'll give you nine points. I also like Washington Redskins plus a seven against Jacksonville. Again, I, I, I was mentioned it when we were talking about uh, the Giants. Washington, not a good team, but Jacksonville is falling apart also um, to the point where they've, they've benched um, the starting quarterback there, another guy that they paid all kinds of money to, uh, Blake Bortles. He's benched, so they got their backup quarterback in there. They can't figure stuff out on defense anymore, although their defense is still playing pretty well. Um, again, I'm not saying Washington's going to win this game, but they're not going to lose by more than seven. Give me Washington and the seven points. Uh, finally, Seattle Seahawks minus five against San Francisco. Seattle has their defense has has done something. I, I don't know what, what's going on there, but their defense is playing amazingly well right now at the end of the season when they're trying to make the playoffs. I love Seattle in this game, minus five points in Frisco. Um, Russell Wilson, still an enigma to me. I don't, I don't know how he is a starting quarterback, but right now he's playing pretty well, and he's going against a San Francisco team where their defense not playing that well. So give me Seattle, minus the five points. Um, I'm also going to parlay all those games, and then I have a, a over-under parlay. I'm taking the Chicago Bear-Green Bay game under 45. I'm taking the Baltimore-Tampa Bay game under 47. I am taking the Philadelphia Rams game. I am going to go under the 53 and a half. And I am also taking the New Orleans Saints-Carolina Panthers game over 51 and a half. The Philadelphia Eagle-Rams game, I, I was originally thinking the over on that, but with with Carson Wentz down, uh, I'm going under. Under 53 and a half. Next, the college games. This is the start of the bowl week or bowl season. And uh, I got bowl games picked through next Saturday's podcast episode. And uh, again, this is going to be a um, bunch of bets and a couple parlays for you. We're just going to run through these really quick. In the New Mexico Bowl. I like Utah State minus the eight points against North Texas. In the New Orleans Bowl, I am taking Appalachian State minus the seven against Middle Tennessee State. In the Boca Raton Bowl, I am taking UAB, the University of Alabama, Birmingham, minus the two and a half points against Northern Illinois. In the Frisco Bowl, I am taking San Diego State plus the three points versus Ohio. In the Gasparilla Bowl. Wow. I'm taking South Florida plus the two and a half against Marshall. And in the Potato Bowl, <laughs> guess where that's being played? I'm taking Western Michigan plus the 12 points against BYU. Again, I don't think Western Michigan is going to win that game, but 12 points is a lot in a, in a bowl game. Uh, the Birmingham Bowl on December 22nd. I'm taking Memphis minus the five against Wake Forest. And finally, in the Dollar General Bowl, I'm taking Buffalo minus two and a half against Troy. And again, I'm parlaying all those games. And then I have a money line parlay. I'm taking Appalachian State. I'm taking San Diego State, South Florida, BYU, 
Memphis, and Buffalo. All money line picks, all parlaying those picks. And that's it for the betting, everybody. It's time for me to go get a, a Dr. Pepper in the club. And I'm going to tell you about our Fantasy Girl of the Week. We'll see you there. And that's right, you heard it correctly. I'm in the club alone. I'm drinking a Dr. Pepper. They have a two-drink minimum, so I had to buy them both at the same time. Sad, my second one's going to be flat by the time I start drinking that. But while I'm here, I have a great fantasy girl to tell you all about. Check her out on the website, mycffl.com, Fantasy Girl of the Week page. Her name, Daniela Lopez Osario. She was born November 22nd, 1993, and she's a fashion model from Armenia, Colombia. In high school, Daniela played soccer, and she was discovered by Wilhelmina Modeling Agency while shopping in Orlando, Florida in the summer of 2011. She first gained fame in the modeling world after walking the runway for Lolly Swim Miami in 2014. Most recently, however, she was signed by Victoria's Secret to be the face of their pink collection. Daniela has over 430,000 430, followers on Instagram, and she is most known for her butt, although she says, I'm not just a butt. I have more to offer. The body parts, they get ugly with age. The personality doesn't change. Daniela Lopez Osario stands 5 foot 9 inches tall. She weighs 121 pounds. And her measurements are 34, 23, 36. Daniela Lopez Osario, your fantasy girl of the week, everybody. Like I said, check her out on the website, along with everything else, all the links to the news and notes, mycffl.com. You got questions, comments, concerns, feel free to email us, cffpodcast at hotmail.com or dan at strap1971 at yahoo.com. Don't forget, we have two more weeks of, of NFL season, that means two more opportunities for you to take part in Beat the Host. If you would like, send us an email, send us a text, or leave us a message on, on the fan fan line, 414-520-8249. Also use that fan line, leave us some comments, and we'll play them on, on, the, on the podcast. Uh, that's it. It's semifinal weeks. If you're still in the semifinals of your playoffs, good luck. Next weekend, the championships are crowned. We hope to hear hear you then. And um, until then, be good. Good luck. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.